This episode of Sports Spectrum's Inside the Chapel podcast is presented by Compassion International. They are the most trusted child development ministry in the world, having served over 1.9 million children in sponsorships. You can check them out at Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. You can sponsor a child today, and this is bringing hope to a child in crisis, in poverty, and it's a gift that will last a lifetime. There are children on this page when you go, compassion.com slash sports spectrum, who've been waiting for a sponsorship from places like Peru, Bangladesh, Indonesia. They've been waiting for more than two years. It's $38 a month, tax deductible. Consider this. Consider sponsoring a child. Pray for this opportunity with you and your family, and you can make that difference in a child's life. Check out Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and sponsor a child today. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Inside the Chapel podcast. Um, as always, uh, my name is Reza Zadeh. Um, I serve with the Denver Broncos as a team chaplain, and I am here with my brother and my friend, Iki Soma, who serves the Houston Rockets organization as a as a chaplain? Um, today's episode is actually going to be a little bit of a different episode. You know, typically we do have a, a a teaching. This is a teaching podcast where we highlight different chapel speakers uh, who are speaking to their different professional and college teams. Uh, but we also know that you know here recently the world of sports was rocked by an event that many of us saw played out not just on TV but in our news feeds, online, on social media. And that's the Demar Hamlin injury uh, that happened on that Monday night football game. So Icky and I just wanted to just pause our regular Inside the Chapel podcast just to have a conversation about how this event has impacted uh, the world seemingly. Um, obviously, the media world, the sports world. And so we're looking forward to this good conversation surrounding what happened, what we saw, and what should our response be as people who want to engage Jesus in sport. So, Aki, let me ask you first, you know, as a pastor, as a chaplain, you've worked with pro athletes, you have counseled people through many life situations. When you saw what happened, what were a couple of things that went through your mind? Yeah, I think, uh, Reza, great to be with you. And thank you to the listeners as well for listening in. Um, Yeah, two things I would just say off the top. I think for many of us, Athletes, pro athletes are like our modern day superheroes or gladiators. And for us to see somebody who we would say is like bulletproof and invincible fall to the ground and have his heart stop and have to be resuscitated and all the stuff you saw the ambulance, I think really points out to even for us, our mortality, uh, that we're not going to live physically on and on and on apart from Jesus and our new glorified bodies one day if we place our faith in him. Um, and I mentioned that because even yesterday I was driving up to a conference with uh, some of our college ministry staff and they were talking about, you know, have you met this famous athlete, this famous athlete? Says, I've met them, I've met them, I've met them. And they're like, man, for me, like that athlete on TV, I didn't know they were real. They're almost like a, a fantasy mythological person, like a superhero in the fact that they're real people that you've met. So I think for one, it would be that that seeing Damar go down, our superheroes you know, aren't invincible. And then number two would be humanity. I mean, DeMar Hamlin is a son, right? He's a brother and he's human. And I think it points to the humanity. So even football, great as it is, NFL playoffs, all that great as they are, it points to the humanity that here's a real man, flesh and blood, 
who went down and it caused the entire nation to pause and to pray and to seek uh, God and, and ask God for his healing and his restoration. So I think it just points to those things that these athletes yeah. that we work with are humans, you know. So from you, I mean, from your perspective, so you are an NFL chaplain. I mean, you're there often on the field. I mean, and you've seen these things happen, whether they're minor injuries, ankle sprains, whatever, knee injuries to like devastating injuries like this. So you as an NFL chaplain, how do you minister to the team? Because I, I mean, everyone saw the cameras. I mean, these guys, some of them are in tears, they're shell-shocked, they're, they're yeah. praying together, holding hands. How do you as a chaplain for an NFL team, the Broncos, minister to both the home team and the way team in situations like this? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously um... – you know, that was that, that that was a little different than anything I'd obviously ever seen. You know, I've been on the sidelines when, you know, someone just literally breaks a leg right in front of you or um, an ACL or an injury. You know, you, you see that often and there's bumps and bruises and people limping off. And, um, you know, there have been there have been two times where I've been on a sideline and the stretchers had to come out. And uh, that's a serious moment. And so just spending time, you know, just standing there and almost just silently praying, you know, for that individual. Um, but, you know, when this happened, this happened on a Monday night. Uh, the next day for us uh, was not a day that the players are usually in the facility. Uh, it's the day, you know, the dayers have, the players have a day off every, every week and it typically is Tuesday on a normal week. Uh, but I did, you know, talk to the person that I report to with the Broncos and we were talking Monday night um, through text and he said, hey, could you just come in and be available? And so, Icky, I think that's it. I think after situations like that, it's a ministry of availability. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't have a lot of guys come up, talk to me in the facility that day, but I had a number of them say, man, thanks for being here. Just thanks for being just thanks for being available. And so I think that's what it is. It, what's not any magic words that I can say, or uh, it's not that, oh, I can tell people this scripture or anything like that. But it's just more, I think, these guys knowing, hey, I'm here for you. There's somebody here for you that wants nothing from you. And I just want to make sure you are emotionally and mentally okay. So teaming up with the mental clinician um, that is that is on the team and her and I chatted, you know, that day and just being available uh, in the following days after after what we saw on TV. So I think the biggest thing was just being available for for some of these athletes and just being there, praying, um, just just letting them know I care. There's there's one guy in particular that I know. Um, you know, he's gone through some injuries and he's a little bit nervous about just you know his health long term. So a guy like that, I knew I just had to send a text to you really quick and say, bro, how are you handling this? Because this is. This is what you and I have talked about in the past. So what was your reaction? So, I mean, it, yeah, your reaction, both what you saw on TV and then even the reaction on social media as well. So what was your reaction initially to the, to the injury and then even the social media reaction? You posted, I think you sent out like a little things that we could pray for. And I appreciate you sending that to all the yeah. chapters. Hey, this is how we can pray and encourage our people to pray. So what was your reaction initially to, again? Yeah. So first of all, I mean, I was, I, I, I was not watching the game at the time. I was uh, upstairs with my kids. Uh, we were putting my young daughter to bed. Um, so I, I had missed it. And after I put her to bed, I looked on my phone and like eight text messages. And I was thinking what in the world happened? And all of them said, Hey, I'm praying. This is terrible. And I just responded to one of them. I said, what are you talking about? And he said, you got to turn on Monday night football. So I did. And this was, you know, the, ambulances out there and so I didn't, I didn't see it so I just obviously did what I always do I jump on Twitter 
and, um, you know, put the player's name in and saw what happened. And, man, at that point, I was just, like, staring and just couldn't believe it. Um, obviously, there was care and concern for the player that I saw collapse on the field. Um, but for me, I think, you know, because I have good friends, and, you know, um, Len Vandenboss is the chaplain with the Buffalo Bills, and um, Vinny Ray uh, is a chaplain with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, that's where my mind went, my heart went. And I knew, you know, once I saw those prayers on the field, I knew Len would be in the middle of it just because I know the man that he is and the, the influence he has in that team. And it was in Cincinnati. And so I knew Vinny was there. Um, so so that's kind of where my heart went towards. Um, obviously, you know, thinking, considering, wondering, you know, how is this young man doing? Um, this literally is like everyone's, you know, nightmare. Um, and not just the, not just the players, but again, because my wife and I've been on the other side of it, I started thinking about not just, you know, Buffalo Bill families, but families across the NFL, you know, spouses, fiancés, girlfriends, children, moms, grandmas, uncles, aunts, um, that are watching this saying, that's my greatest fear about my, my guy who plays in the NFL. And I don't think we've ever seen like that greatest fear um play out on our screens yet and so i think that's why it was so profound is because it's not just the danger of the sport for the players but it's the ramifications of the sport and the violence of the sport for those that love and support and live with the players so those are just some thoughts of where my where my mind and my heart just kind of just kind of went towards yeah we're of the same generation uh reza you remember like hank gathers i still remember where I yes. was when gathers the great basketball player, college basketball player, had that heart issue. And yeah, I just remember that. So here's a very specific question kind of tied to that for you as the Broncos chaplain. So for the Broncos in the last year, you've had two former players, Ronnie Hillman and Demaris Thomas, yeah. who passed yeah. away. So just give us insights again. I mean, these are real human beings, their sons, their fathers, and yeah. how you minister to coaches, players, and even the fans through, I mean, two beloved players in this, you know, the tragedy that happens with that. Yeah. So I didn't, so I'll say, I didn't know Ronnie. Um, I never met Ronnie. Um, Ronnie was gone by the time I came, I became the chaplain, but I did know DT and uh, Demarius was just a, he was a light. And I just remember him sitting right there back row chapel with the regular Demarius smile. And we talk and we pray. And, um, so I think the Demarius Thomas one was really, really hard for me. That was my first, I guess you could say, tragedy um, that I helped navigate um, as a chaplain. Um, but I think, again, I remember when Demarius passed away. He passed away on a Thursday, and Friday morning is when we would do our team Bible study. And so I just happened to be going to the facility anyway that next morning. And it was similar. It was um, ministry of availability. It's being available, being there, comforting people, having conversations. And I think realizing um, there is a mortality to us. I think not just looking at our, you know, heroes that we see on the field as, man, they're superheroes, they're immortal. Man, sometimes I think we even feel like we're immortal. And uh, I think what we just saw, what we see, um, you know, with players, former players passing at very young ages because of various issues, um, health issues, and then um, what happened. on the screen with Demar, I think that just kind of shows. I think that's where the response has been, with people praying and people being, you know, wide open to Dan Orlovsky praying on 
um, you know, praying on TV and Benjamin Watson is on Anderson Cooper on CNN, literally giving an example of this is what the gospel is and asking Anderson Cooper and all the CNN viewers, where are you going to spend eternity? I think this mortality, when we when we're faced with it, it's it's so interesting, Icky. That I'd love to get your take on how the response has been, and how people seem to have just been like running to like faith very publicly um, in this. You and I work, uh, you know, as chaplains, we know there's faith in sports, but it's typically not as public as it has been. Um, but man, doors wide open. So I would love to hear from you as a pastor's perspective. What do you feel when you see the openness to people praying on TV and those kinds of things? Yeah, you know, um, I think we often think as long as we have enough money or enough education to handle our problems, whether they're, you know, health issues or whatever they are, why do we need to go to God? But when we get to the point when there's nothing that we can do, and we're at utter uh, the breaking point, a point of desperation, you just see uh, and I think uh, one of our staff members mentioned that to us is, yeah, people just came out of the woodworks saying we need to pray for uh, DeMar Hamlin, that we need to lift him up and go for and again, publicly, players on their knees, even social media as well. So it pointed out the fact that I think when we get to that point, where we can't handle life and take care of medical situations or whatever the health issues that we're like, man, we're desperate and we don't know who that higher power is, but we believe there's a higher power. So we're going to bend our knee, clasp our hands, close our eyes and pray and beseech God on behalf of other people. Um, so I'll just say that. I think uh, an example I have, uh, if I name the player, I think most of us would know he's probably one of the most well-known players in the NBA. And he came to me one day and then he mentioned that this other very well-known superstar in the NBA that his mom was having some health problems or very dire health problems. And so he said, hey, chaplain, can we pray at the end of chapel for them? So we did our usual chapel message and spent the last half of chapel praying for this other star player's mom who was in a very dire situation. And again, this other star player makes millions and millions and millions of dollars. But no matter how much money and fame he had, there was nothing that he could directly do to affect his mom's health. And so I think the same thing is what we saw with DeMar Hamlin and even for all those who are praying for Peyton Hillis, uh, the former player, of saying, here's a guy who's on life support. Doctors can't do it. We can't do it. But we believe that there's a God who can heal him and bring him uh, health and restoration again. So I would just say mm -hmm. that. Uh, yeah. Reza, just for, for, for just if you want to just wrap us up with this, for anyone who's listening to this today, so whether it's an NBA superstar player, an NFL player, or us, we're not immortal. And so would you just share ways that you would encourage somebody who's listening today, who is confronted with their humanity and their mortality? What's something that you would say, maybe even just share the gospel clearly of how they can know that one day they will be with God forever yeah. in a resurrected, glorified new body, that this is not the end of yeah. the story. And I think that's the hope that we have, that even with DeMar Hamlin and and all these Damaris Thomas DT that this is not the end of the story. So could you just give us as you wrap us up, just kind of words yeah. fa uh, facing our mortality and humanity. Totally, bro. I think you just did. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. No, Icky. I thank you for this opportunity. I think the reality is, you know, this world is not all that there is. I mean, I'll be very honest. If if this world, if our time on this earth, from the time that we're born. Uh, to the time that we close our eyes for the last time, whether, you know, we die at a young age at 11 or we live to we're 
you know, 60 or 80 or 110, if this world is all that we had, then I would probably say, I'm not sure God is very loving because that would seem pretty cool. Because This world is hard. This world is broken. And yet we were not created for this world. We have eternity written on our hearts. We were created. We are created in the likeness, in the image of our creator. That means we're created. We're, we're eternal beings as well. So the decisions we make today and the opportunities and the choices we make today, they don't just have ramifications for five years from now. They don't just have ramifications for 15 years from now. Like literally, I am making a decision today that's going to impact 10,000 years from now, 15,000 years from now. Like we've got to understand that, that we are eternal beings and eternity is something that lies in the balance. And so for some of us, it's just recognizing Man, my life on earth, this is not all that there is. Um, there is something greater. There is a promise that Jesus will come back. Jesus will restore all things the way that they were intended to be. That's the promise that we have in Scripture, and that's what we come to understand. And so for us, Icky, for you, myself, everyone that's listening right now, we get to make this decision to choose. Am I going to live with an eternal perspective or a temporary perspective? And I believe um, the scripture teaches us that if you put your faith and your trust wholly in Jesus, then the Holy Spirit comes and marks you and seals you and you become an adopted child of God and you get to live with him for all of eternity. But I go back to what Benjamin Watson said on CNN, you know, that what we have to consider is where are you going to spend eternity? Where are we going to spend it? How are we going to spend it? And scripture gives us a very clear idea. It's not about living right today. It's not about get your act together. The good news of the gospel is not get back to church. It's not stop sinning. It's not, hey, make sure you act Christian or vote Christian. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus stepped into eternity. I mean, sorry, he stepped into our world so that we can step into eternity. And uh, that's an opportunity. So, Icky, I would like to just close in prayer for those of our listeners that are considering um, this choice. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity for my brother, Icky. Uh, Father, I thank you for the ways in which it's, you have seemingly answered the prayers of millions. And Damar Hamlin is back at home right now. Lord, I have no idea what you have in plan for this young man, but I pray God that it would continue to point people to you, to live with eternity in mind, to recognize this world is not all that there is. And that Jesus, your Holy Spirit's power would continue to draw others that are listening right now to draw them to the Father. So God, for those that are making this decision today, that say, I'm ready to start walking with Jesus. I want to invite him into my life. I want to walk in step with him. I pray, Spirit, that you would, that you would encourage their hearts, that your presence uh, would be sensed in their lives that they get plugged in with other believers in a church or a group or just some way to pursue you so they're not doing it alone. And I thank you for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you all so much for being with us again on this little bit of a different type of episode of Inside the Chapel. For now, I'm Reza Zadeh with my good brother, Nikki Soma. God bless you.